As you can tell from the video, this is a brand new series called um, Unlocked. Uh, if you want to uh, take out your cell phone or notebook, if you want to take notes tonight, you can. Um, I, if you play with your phone, that's between you and the Lord. That's not between you and me. But if you want to take notes, you can tonight. Um, this is a series that I think is so, you know, you hear the spiritual lingo of like, oh, like, you know, God opens doors and all that. You hear, um, you know, God's opening a new season in my life. And, and now this is unlocked. I think that we have to get out of a spiritual lingo of saying God's opening doors and actually understand that God's already opened doors. And I think some of us don't understand that God's already making access for some of us in our life instead of thinking, Lord, just open this door. But what if that door that you're asking him to open isn't the actual one he's wanting to open for you? What if there's another door that you don't even know for you that God wants to open for your life? And so that's what I want to talk about for the next two weeks in this little mini series called Unlocked. Um, let's start with Matthew chapter 18. If you want to jump there, Matthew chapter 18, verse three. Then he said, this is Jesus speaking. Then he said, I will tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is explaining to his disciples because in that moment, Jesus didn't let the little children, the disciples didn't let the little children go to Jesus. They were like, no, leave him alone. He's busy. Like y'all are crowding him too much. And Jesus was basically telling them, I'll tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sin and become like the little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. I don't think it was how they were acting. I think it was the mentality that Jesus was trying to speak to over these, over his disciples. So I think tonight I want to talk about, I want to talk about your mind. I want to talk about your thoughts. I want to talk about the things that you think about. I want to talk about tonight for the title, an unlocked mind, an unlocked mind. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this message. Father, I pray, Lord, tonight, for the people in here who need to unlock certain perspectives in their mind, whether it's, Lord, about their situation, whether it's about others, maybe it's about themselves, maybe it's about you, Lord, that they have to unlock. Father, I pray that you would open the doors of perspective, Lord, over every student and every person that is in this room tonight. I pray that this would help them open their hearts to it, but Lord, help them to clear their thoughts of things that are not of you. And Lord, I ask that you would install good thoughts throughout this, Lord. Let them not learn to have an unlocked mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I, I, I've learned that the older I get, the more cynical I become. I remember as a kid, maybe some of you haven't really thought about this or even done this. Some of you, do any of you play Minecraft right now? Nobody, is anybody playing Minecraft? Okay, one, two, who else? Three, four, five, six, um, I don't play anymore. It's for little kids. I'm joking. I'm just not for little kids. I used to, I used to play it a lot. And when I was 15, I remember I had a, uh, I had a Xbox 360. That was one of the best consoles I ever had. And I was playing uh, Minecraft with a, a couple of friends that I was hanging out when it was fusion at the time. And, uh, we had, dude, we had the most creative, it was bedrock. It was flat. It was not one of those weird biome type stuff. It was flat and it was beautiful. And we made this city and everything. And it was like, like I could live there. Like if it was like a metaverse thing, I would live there. Like I would love to live in a place that we had made as friends. And it was so creative and we were able to create a ton of stuff. 
And I was reminiscing on that as I was making this message. And I thought to myself, where did the imagination go? That was my question. I asked myself, I was like, I was like, where did, where did my creativity go? Now I have, I have creative thoughts sometimes. Like I do it with youth ministry. I do it in my own life. But I was like, I was like, where did the creativity go? Where did the imagination go? And I think oftentimes when we go through life and when we go through certain situations, whether it's, whether it's anxiety or whether it's depression, whether it's loss, grief, whatever the case is, I think a lot of things in the world and in our life can sometimes put our imagination in a coma. I often believe that imagination can be utterly destroyed by the realities of life. And I believe the Lord wants to set that back up in some of your lives tonight, that he wants to unlock your imagination again. And a lot of us think, you know, imagination is like fairy tale like stuff or like, oh, that's for, that's for, that's for little girls. That's not for me. That's for little, that's for little people. That's not, that's not my cup of tea. Everyone in here, when you were a kid, you had an imagination, no matter if you were a boy or a girl, whatever you were four or eight, you had an imagination as a kid. And some of you probably still have that imagination. But, but as you, as you go through life, as you go through certain things in your life that actually make a train stop with your mind, with your imagination, you can oftentimes become cynical. And it usually often starts as a teenager. That's why I'm preaching this to y'all because it often starts as a young person. I believe that at a very young age, we start to put our imagination in a coma. And, and I want you to know this. Did you know that your imagination is, the, is one of the roots of faith? Faith is a belief. So if you think imagination is for little girls, then faith must be for little girls. But faith is the essence, what the Bible talks about, the essence of what has not been seen. And I believe that imagination has been created by God. If that, was, if that wasn't the case, then what is imagination for? What was imagination put in our minds for? And so I truly believe that a lot of us in this room have an imagination, have a creativity, ha- have our minds in a better place and not just in a cynical place. Some of you in here have very dark minds. All, a lot of us have struggled with a dark thought. Some of us have struggled with very dark, cynical thoughts that we don't explain to anyone, not even God. We have certain thoughts that we have that we are so afraid to release in order for God to renew our imagination. Your mind is locked, not because you can't think. A lot of us think in this room. A lot of us process in this room. But there's a certain point where our imagination has been lost. And I believe God wants to unlock your imagination before life really takes it from you. I think a lot of you, you are not short of, of your mind. You're not short of how to be creative in the area that you're in. Let's take it from here, from Romans 12 two. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This scripture tells us clearly not to be conformed 
to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So this tells me this, that the world will destroy your imagination. The world will destroy everything that God wants to use in your mind. Because you are creative. Everybody in this room is creative. You have some type of creativity that God is willing to use. But because of life and because of situations and because of heartbreak and because of disappointments, and it goes on and on, the list is forever, that intends for you to be, because we we consider being cynical being an adult. We consider growing up is cynical. Like being cynical, oh, I'm just growing up. I'm not believing in all this stuff anymore. I'm just growing up. You're not growing up. Growing up is being more mature, yes. Not doing the dumb stuff you used to do when you were little. That's fine. But being cynical is not growing up. Being in a dark mindset is not growing up. Not Yes, you have to face certain realities. I understand that. But there's a certain moment in your life where you got to stop thinking dark. There's going to have to be a moment in your life where you stop thinking like like nothing's going to go okay. Some of you really think in here like maybe tonight might not go okay. Or this friendship that I have that I think is going really well, it might not last long. I've thought that. I thought there were relationships in my life that were so good to be true. I thought it's not gonna, it's not gonna last. It's not gonna last as much as I want it to be. And what that does is that you are creating something that was actually a lie in your mind and it becomes the truth and then it becomes reality. And then when you see it and when it actually comes to pass, it creates that verdict. And I think our imagination has been stolen. The world has stolen your imagination. And, and like, for example, who loves painting? Who loves drawing? Who loves pl- making music? Okay. Some of y'all have a lot of creative ideas. You're creative. You have a mind that can think of a thousand things. It can be artistic if it wanted to. But because of life, we have given up on creativity. I'm not saying it has to be your dream, it has to be your calling, it has to be your purpose. But we all have a pure mindset like a child. And Jesus is telling the disciples that you need to think childlike, not childish, childlike. Which means I have to walk in faith, even though I don't have all the logistics. That is childlike faith. And I think, I think, because I've asked myself that. I've asked myself, and the Lord dealt with me a couple months ago. He said, where did the creativity go? Where did, where did the imagination go? Where did, where did this, this pure mind go? It was there. It was present. And now you're thinking on a thousand things that could go wrong. Now you're thinking that, that everyone's going to leave your life. You're thinking all of these things. And now you're not creative anymore. And that's what he told me. He said, do you remember the Minecraft world that you had? I'm like, Lord, this is not the right time to talk about Minecraft. But he's like, he's like, remember that world they used to make? You used to be good at that. You used to be great at that. It's so simple. But you lost that. You lost your creativity because of life. And now you sit and you wonder, where did my child likeness go? 
And now you're asking yourself, what do I do with my cynical mind? What do I do with this? Because it was once there, y'all, we are all installed by God to have an imagination. It was all installed into us. But because of life, but because of situations, but because of intimidation, because of insecurity, because of all of these things, we have lost creativity because of the realities of what life has trashed on you. And Paul is saying, the only way that you can know God's will for your life is changing the way that you think. Your imagination needs to flourish again. Your heart and your motives and what is pure needs to start kicking up again. Because your imagination is important to God. Because it runs on faith. You want to know why some of us have a hard time believing God? Because our imagination's in a coma. Because imagination is not about imagining something that's not real. Imagination is putting something that is true in front of you. Imagination, imagining something there. I don't know if you've ever done this. I imagine Jesus in front of me sometimes. I don't know if you've ever done that. Like, like I had a really like tough situation. I was like really anxious about it. And I was like, dude, Jesus like sitting on the side of the chair with me, like, like telling me a really funny joke. I've done that before. I've done that to the point where I've imagined, and it sounds stupid to a lot of people, but to people who have faith and to people who believe in Jesus are willing to use their imagination to stir faith in their own heart. Even in creativity, there are things that you can create that can reach people to the kingdom of God. Music, painting, drawing, whatever creativity you can think of, that can bring people to the kingdom. But if we don't use it, if we consider it childish, imagination isn't childish, it's childlike. Imagination is not immature, it's faith-driven. It's a boost. And if you want to write this down, you can. God wants to open the doors of your mind. He really does. I really believe that everyone in this room, God wants to open those doors in your life to have a, a more, not just a creative mind in your imagination, but a creative mind in your perspective. If you only see things a certain way, you will not be able to see others of what they're going through. As a pastor, I have to be creative in my perspective. I have to be. I do want to be, obviously, but with this position God has called me to, I have to be creative with my perspective. Instead of just jumping the gun and telling, if you're dealing with something, I can't just tell you what to do. It's not because it's too easy. It's because I don't think certain people can handle that right now. So I have to work around and get creative with how to walk you through something. That's being creative with your perspective, being creative with your mind, being creative with how you see things. Oh, they, 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 they're so rude. So rude. They're so mean to people. They don't have the joy of the Lord. They don't have the joy of the Spirit. Well, what if they just went through a breakup? You're going you're gonna to tell them to have the joy of the Lord? 
They just went through a disappointing season in their life. Their parents are about to divorce. You really think that the joy of the Lord is what they need to hear right now? I don't know, Pastor Jacob. I think that's the only thing that I know. <laughs> I think that's all I know. I don't know what else to say. But because we, we keep our that, that's why you don't know what to say, because you keep your mindset at a non-creative point. Because you're not looking at things from the other side. Get creative with your perspective. Get creative with your perspective. Somebody's going through something. <laughs> don't just tell them to do something. I've realized that it's like, it's like people say, you got to be joyful. Well, how? How? I've read every joyful book. I read, I read, I read so many joyful books that I even like, I even like read it in different languages. I don't know any other joyful books. I've, I've, I've listened to a bunch of joyful messages, joyful motivational messages. Didn't work. What am I supposed to do now? How am I going to do this? When you tell someone what to do in a moment of vulnerability, you're leaving them in a place of captivity because they're trying to be vulnerable with you. When you're trying to tell them, oh, this is this X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And trust me, look, guys, we're really bad at this. Dudes are really bad at this. And we're getting there. We're learning. We're learning. It's a process. Because we're naturally taught to fix. This is, this is how God wired us. And for ladies... Y'all are more used to, you're creative with the perspective. For us, we have to learn. But even with, even with women, it's a dip. We all have this one mindset. I'm sticking with it. It's done. That's it. Now, I'm not saying for you to change your perspective about the word of God. Don't try to take the word of God out of context. Don't do that. But what I am saying is, is that what if there's a scripture that God's speaking to you and it's way outside the literal text? And he's speaking something to you. Yeah, like Sarah, like Sarah said in the, in, the, in the prayer. She was saying, yeah, the blind man took the risk. He couldn't see Jesus, but he took the risk. That can apply to anything in your life. When you are going through something and you don't see Jesus, there's a pressing through that you need to do. It's all in the same category. You got to be creative with your mindset. You have to be creative with that, with that area of your mind. Here's how you can also do it. Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. This one's a good one. It's very generic, but it's a good one because I'm going to help you understand why you need to understand this. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Think on your thoughts. Think on your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, what's your first initial thought? Okay, he's telling me to think lovely. He's telling me to think this. He's telling me to think that. Okay, okay, okay. He's actually, Paul's not actually telling us to think those things. Yes, that's a part of what you need to think about. But watch what he says at the end. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He's telling you those are examples. You need to keep your mind in a place that is excellent and worthy of praise. And worthy of your time. Why are you wasting your time thinking on stuff that doesn't even matter? That's out of your control. That's out of, that's out of even your domain. Out of, out of your set. You got to start thinking on stuff of the now. 
What am I doing now? What does God want me to do now? What does God want me to walk through now? I got to stop thinking about all this other stuff because it's not worth it. It's a waste of my time because if it's not in my possession, I don't need to do it. I don't need to think about it. I don't have to really walk through any of that anymore because I'm not in that no more. I need to think on what's present. I need to fix my thoughts on what is true. Paul was very specific on thinking. That was the first thing he said, what is true? What is true? You need to think on what is true. You need to think on what is real right now. Not just the horrible reality of what's going on with you, but the realness of what God promises. If I'm going through something, I got to remind myself of the promises God has given me. Now you got it. Now you have to unlock. I've learned this. Watch this. It sounds it sounds generic because we we we've gotten to this mindset of oh positive thinking is just it just doesn't it just doesn't work. I'm gonna show you this. Positive thinking will help you overcome negative seasons. Positive thinking will help you overcome negative seasons. Why would I give the devil more credit while, I, while I'm being put through a negative season to think even more negative? Explain that to me. How is that making anything better when I'm going through a negative season? Well, everybody does that. Well, there's no well. There's no well. What happened was, no. You can't fight fire with fire. You can't fight evil with evil. Because here's what happens. A bigger fire happens. More evil happens. More of what you fear to be with keeps going. Hopeless season. Nothing's going to go right in my life. Hopeless situation. I might as well just die here. Have y'all ever had anxiety so strong that you thought you were going to die? Honest people. I love it. I have ha- I had an anxiety attack so bad, y'all, that like I thought it was the end of the world. Like I thought I thought this was my last day on earth and I prayed the salvation prayer like four times and then I like read my Bible like maybe like three or four times and I was really making sure. I was like, "Lord, if this is it. If this is it." Right? And I had to learn something negative. I'm not saying anxiety attacks. Yes, they're negative, but, but sometimes you can't control them. But where did that anxiety attack come from? What I was thinking of. What are your thoughts set on while you're going through a negative season, through a hopeless season? Listen, it's not the first thing that pops in your head, but there's going to have to be a point where you got to stop thinking negative. There's going to have to be a point where you got to stop thinking like everything is going to end in your life. Trust me, I just told you. I got vulnerable with you right there. I've had that. I've been through that. But there's going to have to be a point where, okay, Lord, this is not helping me. This, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my effort. I'm wasting my thoughts on these things that don't even matter. I'm wasting my thoughts on things that aren't even a part of what I need to think about. I need to think on what is true. Thinking positive 
does not come natural. For some of us, it does. And to you, God bless you. But for some of us that are cynical thinkers by nature, not because we're evil people, but because we think realistically, we have to get to a point where we're going to have to practice to think about what is right. You're going to have to discipline yourself to think about what is true and what is noble and what is righteous and what is right and what is good and what is pure. You have to get to that point. Because if you don't get to that point, you will drown in a negative season, not because of the, se- the season, but because of what you thought. It's about what you think. It's about what you put in your mind. Listen, y'all, it's not easy. Like I said, I don't think straight when I'm under pressure. It took me a hot minute to preach like this because I I felt so under pressure and I felt so anxious and I felt so nervous that I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to think. Did y'all know I forget my message right before I come up here? Like I forget the whole thing. Like the whole, (laughs) the whole thing I forget. And, and, and I thought I was one of the only people I'm like, Lord, why is this happening? And then I got, I I read about like other ministers that are really good at communication, really good at preaching. And they literally, they're even looking at their notes. They're like, I wrote this. Like they forget. And that, may, that encouraged me to know that I can't, I got to think. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. And this is obvious. Your thoughts are important. Okay. If you want to write that down, you can write that down. My thoughts are important. Okay. Let's do a little exercise. Look to your neighbor to your left or your right. Look at them. Give them the death stare. Intimately look at, not, not that. Just look at them. Look at them. And tell them your thoughts are important. Wait, I'm going to do this. Your thoughts are important. <laughs> She's staring at me. Okay, look to the other one. If you have another one on the other side. It, oh, okay. Okay, who y'all looking at? Say your thoughts are important. <laughs> Trissy's like, I'm going to look at a wall. <laughs> I'm going to stare at a wall. Jesus is right there with you, bro. You imagine it. Oh, man. Y'all, if I would have if I would have known how important my thoughts were, I would have like blocked a ton of thoughts that I would have had in my mind. If I would have known to block it, if I would have known how important my thoughts were. There's one minister, she had a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. And she said that the mind is a playground for the Lord, but it's a battlefield from the devil as well. And the question is, is that are you going to let it be the Lord's playground or are you going to let it, let it be the enemy's battlefield? Even your own battlefield, even your own place in your own mind, can that be the same area? Your thoughts are important. Here's one thing. This is really deep, really deep. It's like really immersive. There's actually the word immerse in it. I want you to write this down if you can. Okay. It's very intense. Immerse yourself in God's word. Wasn't that deep, Jacob? You immerse. We forget that we have something to help us in times of negative thinking. 
you're going, you need, you need clarity on something, read the Bible. I think here's the problem. We actually had our men's supper yesterday, and I was with a group of my homies, some of the youth homies. They were helping me tear down their, their great men of God. And they were helping me tear down. But before that, we had a little discussion. And I talked about, we talked about our devotion to God. And I mentioned that, that when you think, I got to spend time with God, okay, I have to do 30 minutes of prayer, at least 20 to 30 minutes of reading time, which is not realistic because you got to read like four or five chapters. If you're reading the book of Matthew, you're going to have to read a couple of chapters. Or like, or like, or like I got to worship for an hour and all this stuff. We're setting ourselves at a standard that we could never reach. We're reaching ourselves at a certain standard that we can't even put ourselves at. Listen, y'all. Another vulnerable moment. I literally, when I, when I first got on staff here, I think it was a year and a half, or about a half a year before I went into my whole first year. And I was, my devotion to the Lord was like weird. I'm like, I'm like, I'm a pastor and why am I not reading? I would read scriptures to preach the word. But I didn't have, my mind wasn't in the right place. I wasn't really just reading the scriptures I was supposed to read, something for me. Because I was thinking about y'all, right? Because I love y'all. I was thinking about preaching the word to y'all. I wasn't thinking about preaching the word to myself. So I had to get to a point where like, okay, now I got to start from scratch. Did you know that, that simple is powerful? simplicity of something is actually more powerful than you think. Cause we think it has to be deep. It has to be spiritual. I have to have my, my, my Bible has to look like a fruity pebble full of colors. I have to make it a certain way. It has to look really great. And y'all, when I started, I had, watch this. You ready? You ready? You ready? Ready? Okay. okay. Five minutes of prayer, five minutes of worship. And I read maybe half a chapter in the Bible. That's not very spiritual. It doesn't need to be spiritual like that. It's not about how much you can do. It's about your consistency. Consistency. You can write that word down too. Consistency. Consistency in your thoughts. Consistency in the word. I started with five minutes of prayer, five minutes of word, five minutes of worship. Y'all, I felt so unspiritual because I didn't, I was spiritual That was the most spiritual thing I did in the morning. But I felt unspiritual because of the customs of religious thoughts. Okay? Religious thinking. A religious mindset of, I got to do more to please God. But once I found out that all I needed to do was give him some of my time. God wants a little bit of your time. God wants a little bit, just a little bit of you at the moment. He wants all of you. He wants the whole loaf of bread. But you need to give him at least a slice for the moment that you're in because you're not really feeling it. So when you're not feeling it, you got to give him something. So give him something. Y'all, back then, I'm not to toot my own horn. I'm not going to toot my own horn. I went from five, five, five. Now I'm at 30, 30, 30. Not because I started like that. Because I started, watch this, I started shallow. I started with something that wasn't, that didn't look really righteous. I started with five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Now 
because of, of clockwork. It's now clockwork now. It's been three, it's been two years and I've gotten to a point. That's not because I started like that. It's because I took each step. I stayed with, with five minutes for everything for almost like almost a year. And I felt so, I felt so inadequate because I'm hearing like, 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 like people in the church, people on staff, and they're doing, doing so well with their Bible. And I'm like, where am I at? What am I doing? But I realized that it takes consistency. It's not about how much you do. It's about how much you're going to do it over time. It's about consistency, not, not, not quantity. So with your thoughts, you have to learn to do that too. You have to learn to stop putting all of these thoughts and thinking that and thinking that all these thoughts can fit in your head because that's a locked mind. A locked mind is someone who is trying to fill their head with stuff that does not matter. And now I got to go shallow. If I don't learn to do that, then I'm screwed. One more thing before I close. There's something about a locked mind. You can write that down too, a locked mind. A locked mind is something that is extremely dangerous because if you stay locked within your own head, if you stay locked within your own perspective, if you stay locked within thinking that nothing will ever get better, no matter what the locked mind is, isolation takes place. Loneliness takes place. I'm going to borrow this chair. Sorry about the wind. I'm a heavy breather. No, I'm joking. That was the wind. I'll take this. Jesus, wind. This is an illustration. This would be a cool photo. Somebody take a picture. Don't actually do it. Can y'all see me? I didn't want to mess it up. Hey. Okay. You almost got me. So, so, so y'all represent, y'all represent homies. Hi, homies. Hi. Y'all are my homies. And this represents my mind. This is how it feels when you're locked. This is how it feels. Like, for example, I see, you know, I see Dakota, Charlie, Alex, you know, the, the Steven sisters. Ow. My, my, my mic's hot. Yeah, drop it a little bit. Thank you, James. I see a couple of y'all in a little bit of the darkness, but now it's like really dark and I can't really see anybody back there unless y'all are wearing like a black hoodie or something. I can't see anything. A locked mind keeps you away from stuff. So like eventually I want to try and get my mind right. I want to get my mind together. I want to reach out new relationships. Oh, well, if I try to get in a relationship, then I might, uh, they might disappoint me and, and, and I feel like I'm going to lose it. It's going to be too good to be true. And then I'm back at the same spot. Well, I, I think, I think, I think I can, I can worship God more. I think I've had the time to really develop my relationship with God. Well, I just sinned yesterday, so I'm not going to be able to really get back into a relationship with God. I feel like he's going to be mad at me. And I feel like I have a lot of Shame, back in the same chair, back in the same mindset. I'm back here. Y'all are fine over there. Y'all don't know what, what's going on with me. Because guess what? Me and my thoughts are about me and my thoughts is business. Pause. I'm over here in my own mind, 
me and my mind's business. And all of y'all are over there doing your own thing. Because my mind is so locked. You know what? Let me hear, let me hear their heart. Maybe they're going through something right now. Maybe there's a lot of a lot of a lot of issues. Well, maybe they're just messed up and they, I can't really hear them right now. And I can't, I, I think they're just they're just being crybabies and and now I'm locked in a mindset. Guys, I think it's about time that you let the Lord unlock your mind. Because some of us have really bad mindsets and really bad, really bad neural pathways. That means the the things in your brain that continue to shoot thoughts out to you. We all have a horrible mindset sometimes. But it's not until we get out of that out of that place. And we let the Lord give us a better mind. And we let the Lord help us with our mindsets. With every head bowed. And every eye closed. Um, I believe God wants to open the doors of your mind. He wants to transform the way that you think. The way you believe. The things that crosses your mind. The things you dwell on. For some of you, I think he wants to take away take you from a place of constant anxiety and in a battle of your mind to a place of peace God wants to give you a boost before he can give you the responsibility so right now in this moment give him your mind tonight and let him begin to transform you from the inside out Romans 12 2 says that it says that if I I can't, if I don't conform to the world, then I can start to transform my mind. Some of us have been thinking like the world. Some of us have been acting like the world. And God wants us to change the way that we think. God wants to change, help us change the way that we are. And I believe that some of us in this room need that change because it's not about a behavior change, it's about a thought change a thinking process change. So in this moment, I want you to just do me a favor and let God know what's been going through your mind and let him know that you want to renew your mind through him and ask him to help you about what is true, about what is noble, about what is pure, about what is righteous. But not just those things, but like what is what, what matters to me right now? What am I thinking about that's a waste of my thoughts? What is it that I'm thinking about right now that's a waste of my time? And I need to focus on what matters most, the people that I love, the people, the, the, the things that I get to experience people in life with, or the things that in my faith that I have to grow into. Why am I thinking about these other things when I could be thinking about the things that God wants me to step into? I want you to ask God that right now, to ask to clear your mind of all of the things that has been blocking your imagination and your creativity. Because every single person in this room has a creative mind, but it's been 
put into a coma by the realities of life. And I pray that the Lord would cleanse your mind of the things that you couldn't control and the things that you couldn't predict or prevent and that your imagination would flourish once again before you become an adult and it takes it away forever. Y'all have the moment to renew that, students. Y'all have the, you are at an age in your life where you can take your imagination back because it belongs to the Lord and the Lord gave it to you. So, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would renew every imagination, that you would renew every single thought process, that you would renew every single every single mind that is in this room that needs a fresh cleanse in their mind. For they have been thinking, Lord, cynically or in a cynical place. Lord, they've been thinking negative. They've been thinking darkness. And it might not be their fault, Lord, but it is their responsibility, Lord, to get back into the game of the thoughts that are that matter. Lord, let us be like Paul, where Paul is telling us to think on what is true, to think on what is noble, to think on what is real and what is for us right now, Lord God. Lord, that I don't have that. Some of us are even thinking about, well, they're not for me. These people have turned against me. Well, let me change it. God is for me, and if God is for me. Who can be against me? I have to think that way now. I can't think about who left and who stayed and who walked away. I got to think about, God, you are with me right now. You are with me right now. You are for me right now. You're with me. So Father, I ask for every mindset to be cleansed. And I ask that you would help us have an unlocked mind and that with this unlocked mind, we can be more for you, Lord. We can surrender our hearts more once we stop stop thinking a certain way. I pray for an unlocked mind in every student in this room. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.